everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Gone Shooting Podcast. We're back with a little uh, little double vision tonight. Second episode we're going to drop on, just because we've been away for a while. So, And of course, uh, just with what's going on this weekend, what we're getting to here, uh, we'll get to in just a few minutes. But uh, again... Thank you to everyone that listens. Thank you to everybody that checked us out in our past episodes. And the last one, of course, we talked some Metallica. Uh, this one here, because we got uh, some WrestleMania going on this weekend. Mm. My favorite week of the year. I mean, so much that goes on between the Hall of Fame, now NXT, of course, WrestleMania itself being almost like a freaking day long event. Yeah, literally. <laughs> it's almost a full work shift. Like, right. <laughs> but, um, so and and tribute to that i guess or to go along with that uh we're going to talk the greatest era in wrestling the attitude era a little bit of wrestlemania talk as well but um i mean let's, let's just explain what the attitude era was for anybody that listens to this that does not know it is literally was was the and still is the biggest like uh, time frame of, of in wrestling history ever. I mean, the most fun I think that wrestling has ever been. I mean, realistically and probably and the most popular, yeah. I mean, just, I mean, I, my, one of my favorite things is when the shows come on is the crowd, like just insane, like signs for days. I mean, everybody's just raucous. It didn't matter who you were in either. Like you could either be a star or you could either be what they term as a, uh, I guess kind of a uh, underneath guy, or I don't want to say jobber because that's kind of demeaning. But you either got you you got some kind of reaction. They didn't ignore you, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, that's what was cool about that. And I was such a huge fan. I mean, that was kind of when I was really coming to know like everybody and like old enough to really. I mean, I was I've been a huge wrestling fan since I was you know three or four, and by that time I was uh, coming up on seven, eight, nine, and I mean just loving every minute of mm-hmm. it. Um, you know, uh, you had the Monday Night Wars, you know, Nitro and Raw, you know, starting, you know, Raw had been on the air for a few years, here comes Nitro, and that, you know, that kind of, that kind of flared the Attitude Era, I guess, it, it kind of got WWE to, uh, you know, put them on their heels a little bit, and, you know, or put them on their toes, I guess you say, and, yeah. and uh, you know, made them step up their game quite a bit, you know, because we're talking NWO, you know, uh, Sting and all that kind of stuff. You know, the Four Horsemen. All I mean, everything was just kind of stepping up, and and mo- mainly the NWO. But uh, you know, because that was kind of the like um, when people started jumping ship. You know what I mean? Sure. Like when Kevin Nash and you know Scott Hall, or you know WWE wise, Diesel and Razor Ramon went and left. You know, and then you know Hulk and Randy were already there, and it's just like every. You know, they had all these big, huge names over there, and it's like, man, WWE really don't have nobody anymore. But that kind of caused them to start doing their own thing and getting a little more attitude. And then, you know, it just, like, it just blew up. Like, the whole scene just blew up. And, um, you know, talking about, like, the influence it had on, like, entertainment itself and pop culture. I mean, just everything everywhere. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you know, when when we get into like some of these guys we're talking about, we're going to talk about. I mean, these guys were everywhere. It didn't matter that they were just wrestlers. I mean, but you had, but you had like 
athletes coming in. You know what I mean? Like you had guys like Dennis Rodman and Carl Malone getting in the ring and wrestling. Yeah, Kevin you know, Green. Kevin Green. Yeah, I mean, and then on the you know that's the WCW end of it. And then the WWE side, you got Mike Tyson, Tyson. coming in. Uh, Ken Shamrock, he was kind oh, of the, you know, he was right. the first one that kind of went from being, you know, like a like a uh, ultimate you know, fighter, professional athlete right. to professional wrestler, kind of thing. You know, I mean, and especially going from fighting to kind of you know simulated choreographed fighting. I mean, in a way, you know, but but he he was cool when he first came out, but. Uh, yeah, and, and speaking like of speaking of him, you know, so uh, you know, and talking about like some of these people that were just all over the place, you know, the stars of the Attitude Era, you know what I mean? I mean, let's face it, it begins and ends with Stone Cold Steve Austin. I mean, because that dude is still like, no matter what he's doing or you know where he is, that, that I mean, he's so. F- popular like i mean everybody has heard of stone cold steve austin i mean it's just like his 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 realness you know that the the raspy you know hillbilly voice that he has and i mean it's just i mean the way he talks too i mean you know he's just he's just a badass you know i love i could sit and listen to him talk all freaking day listening to his podcast and all that stuff man he's hilarious too yeah you know are you gonna Drink that like him? Oh, hell, son. <laughs> if I don't have to work tomorrow. <laughs> so, you know, Stone Cold. Uh, a couple other ones, you know, Shawn Michaels, uh, Bret Hart. I mean, they were kind of, I mean, Shawn Michaels a little bit. I mean, he, you know, he had his injury. He, he missed a good majority of the attitude there. But yeah. he was also a big part in bringing it in. Um, and you got The Rock, of course, you know, probably number two behind Stone Cold Steve Austin as far as, like, you know, superstardom. I mean, look where he is now kind of yep. thing. I mean, he's just all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got Undertaker, Triple H, Kane, Mankind. I mean, so, like, it, it's unreal because some of those guys you would have never thought would be stars kind of when they first were doing their thing. I mean, and they just blew up all because of this thing where they just started being themselves kind of deal and got rid of all the flashy characters and the the superhero type stuff and you know the way it was when we were kids the thing that we loved about them is that you know they were characters and they were fighting kind of thing and right we, you know and the undertaker i've you know i've maintained for the longest time has always been my favorite wrestler of all time but you know you know it's weird for him to be as around as long as he was because he's a, a gimmick he wasn't like a real i mean you know <laughs> But he made it real when I was a kid. I was like, how is this dead guy, like, actually wrestling and doing stuff? Like, <laughs> you know, but he, he evolved his character, and, he, and, like, he's just known as, like, Taker. Like, everybody, Taker, Undertaker, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's cool. You know, it was, it was a cool gimmick and everything. Uh, let's see, I think I'm, I mean, and, and they launched stars, too, like Ken Shamrock, all that kind of stuff, you know. Just all these people came in, and... It was huge, just a huge time to be a wrestling fan, and you know all the funny, like moments that they've had. You know, <laughs> like the uh, the kind Thai, uh, I choppy choppy your pee pee. <laughs> I mean, you know, as cheesy as that is, like it's, it was just so fucking hilarious. And what was the uh, Beaver Cleaver type thing? The I think that's what it was. The Headbanger Mosh. 
he ended up becoming like Beaver Cleaver or something like that. And they had like some woman playing his mom and they would always like tease this like weird, like sexual tension between those two. It was so (laughs) awkward, but it was fucking hilarious. Uh, You know, obviously the McMahons, you know, Vince McMahon becoming this just huge, like huge character. You know what I mean? Like I, just, he portrayed such a like asshole boss so well. <laughs> the goat, like I mean, hands down. And it's 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 weird to think that the greatest heel of all time would be the guy that run, <laughs> that runs the company, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so let's let's kind of define where the Attitude Era began uh, began, I should say. Um. There's numerous places like people have always like said that, uh, you know, they they define it like December fifteenth. It was like this episode where Vince came out and said, you know, they were going to start. He openly came out and said they were going to start changing their product and blah blah blah. But and this was like November December of of uh, nineteen ninety seven. But they had been like roaring and like ramping into it way before that, in my opinion, anyways, and. Uh, I think it slightly started when Stone Cold uh, won the King of the Ring and cut what is, in my opinion, the greatest promo of all time. Like, I don't think I've ever heard any promo that is, you know, because he was just deliberate. It was intense. Uh, you know, there was no stuttering or anything. Like, it, and, it, and it was real, too. Yeah. Like, it wasn't written. I mean, he flew with this right then and there. And uh, we're going to listen to this promo real quick for anybody that does not know what I'm talking about. So here, give this a listen. The fourth prestigious King of the Ring, Stone Cold Steve Austin, an incredible victory. The first thing I want to be done is to get that piece of crap out of my (laughs) ring. (laughs) Don't just get him out of the ring, get him out of the WWF. Because I've proved, son, without a shadow of a doubt, you ain't got what it takes anymore. His voice, man. Mm-hmm. You sit there and you thump your Bible and you say your prayers and it didn't get you anywhere. Right here, man. Talk about your Psalms. Talk about John 3.16. Austin 3.16 says I just whipped your ass. Right there, bro. Come on, that's not All he's got to do is go buy him a cheap bottle of Thunderbird and try to dig back some of that courage he had in his prime. As the king of the ring, I'm serving notice to every one of the WWF superstars. I don't give a damn what they are. They're all on the list, and that's Stone Cold's list, and I'm fixing to start running through all of them. As far as this championship match is considered, son, I don't give a damn if it's Davey Boy Smith or Shawn Michaels. Steve Austin's time has come. And when I get the shot, you're looking at the next WWF champion. And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. Obviously, anything but humble, the fourth (laughs) prestigious king of the ring, Stone Cold Steve Austin. You know, uh, (laughs) I mean... uh, God, I, I could listen to that and watch that all. I mean, he's so intense when he talks, and you see it in his eyes. He's got like this this fire in his eyes and this rage in him, and you know, and that goes back to his whole career. I mean, let's 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 <laughs> let's talk about how he became Stone Cold Steve Austin. Real yep. quick. Uh 
So he comes into the business, uh, you know, huge fan of wrestling his whole life. Um, you know, get, gets into wrestling, all that kind of stuff, you know. And he he's always been a pretty fit mm-hmm. guy, very built and very muscular. And, uh, you know, going back then, he had hair, long blonde hair. and uh, old, Gorgeous, uh, <laughs> gorgeous blonde hair. Oh, Zeb Coulter, mm-hmm. uh, he was the one that told him that he should go by stunning Steve Austin. And you know, and and the and the thing of it was like, you know, if you become a heel, you can be just this cocky guy, you know. He calls himself stunning, like what's this, you know, kind of <laughs> thing. Uh, ripping up like you know what what would be considered the territories back then. And then gets the call from WCW, goes in there, kind of underneath guy, gets with Paul Heyman, and you know, you know, Paul Heyman is the greatest promo guy in the history of the business by far, no doubt. Um, quite possibly the greatest manager of all time, but right. Um, runs with him there for a little bit, and then comes uh come you know Brian Pillman comes in and personally uh, and I, I mean this my favorite tag team of all time is the Hollywood Blondes, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin and Brian Pillman. They weren't together very long, but man, they made an impact, and that it got to the point where that's kind of where Austin started getting fed up with them because they started running those guys ragged and as in like jerking them around, you know, not keeping their word to them because you know. Steve also never admit this on an interview or anything, but one of the reasons that he never got over with the Hollywood Blondes tag team was because of Ric Flair. And because Ric Flair at that time, he was in charge of the booking while also being an active participant. Right. Trying to keep his spot. Yeah. Austin and Pillman were, I mean, the fans loved them. They were a heel tag team, but the fans loved them. Kind of the first cool, like, heel guys you can Mm -hmm. kind of remember in a way. And then they split them up or whatever, and then, all you know, Hogan comes on, and then, you know, Austin's just kind of pushed to the background or whatever. So then they uh, fire him because he was injured or something. And uh, So many blondes. I know, right. Flair, Hogan. Stone Cold at the time. <laughs> um, and so where Stone Cold kind of comes to be is as soon as he gets fired, Paul Heyman, who had, at this point had been running ECW for a few years, tells Steve to come on. Start he cut a killer promo for ECW, like three or four. Man, I, I remember. I remember one nice one. I remember one of them pretty well. Man, it's killer. Well, I mean, the big funny one is when he when he was pretending to be Hogan and Steve Amani is running wild, brother. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's hilarious, and that's when he kind of started becoming the Stone Cold character because man, he Heyman just told him like just talk. Yeah, just be you. Just you know, tell everybody how pissed off you are, and he did too. And uh, Heyman said one of the funny things he did to make Stone Cold mad is he would make him wait. He would make him wait until like four or five in the morning before he did these interviews when Stone Cold was fucking just probably probably pissed drunk at that point and tired as hell and all that kind of stuff and cut some real good promos. He was only in ECW for, I think, three or four months too. Yeah. Um, And then WWE calls him finally because they finally – you know, and, and there's people in WWE that have been trying to get him there for the longest time, but Vince never saw anything. He only, the only thing he really saw on him was that he was a great wrestler. He was he he was kind of like Bret Hart, but without the character in a way. Yeah. Like, um, so they bring him in and they call him the Ringmaster, which was a dud <laughs> of a, a character. <laughs> I mean, it, it only lasted a couple months, and you know, because he was with Ted DiBiase, and then. So they change his name to Stone Cold because you know the story on this. Will I don't. Uh, so 
he he tells him like I'm, you know, I don't like the ringmaster name. I, that's not me. I'm not a gimmick. I'm 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 Steve Austin. And they're like, well, why don't you come up with something? Blah blah blah. So he was watching this documentary. I can't remember the guy's name, but uh, it was this guy who was just like just this real cold-hearted like serial killer type guy, and he just like didn't give a shit and, you know, was not phased by anything, whatever. So he kind of got that. So when he came stone cold, he was really quiet, was, spoke real soft, but had his intentions, you know, known. And then, um, where the stone cold part came in is he, uh, he said that, uh, he was sitting with his wife. who was English at the time. Her name was Jeannie. Uh, she made him some tea, some hot tea. And, uh, he was sitting frustrated and she said to him, like, you know, don't, you know, don't worry about it. You'll think of something, but go ahead and drink your tea before it gets stone cold. Cause nice. that was kind of an English term. And so, and then she was like right there, stone cold Steve Austin, that's going to be your name. And, uh, yeah, so that's, that's kind of how the, uh, name got started, but I don't think he became stone cold Steve Austin, truly stone cold Steve Austin until that promo. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, for like, sure. That 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 was him being stone cold, and you know, Ted to be out. He wasn't with anybody at that point. He was on his own, and you know, that whole. I mean, there's so much that goes into it, and he may have not had that moment if that wasn't for Triple H, Shawn Michaels, uh, Razor, and Diesel having their incident at Madison Square they, Garden, yeah, they, where the heels hug right. with the baby faces and. Mm-hmm. Because initially Triple H was supposed to win that King of the Ring, <laughs> right, right, right. So then, because <laughs> Diesel and Razor were gone, they can't get in trouble. They're gone. Sean was a champ. He's not going to get in trouble. Right. So H had to take the blame, and so he got he you know he got you know knocked down. Like he started jobbing. Basically, Triple H of all people was a jobber at some, at one point, and then Stone Cold is the next guy. So like so much that goes into that that could yeah. have, something at some point could have changed. You know what I mean? Like, what if he had still been in WCW because they gave him the spots that they were promising him? Right. I found it interesting too. You can hear the crowd in the background during that little pitch. Oh, I love it. I mean, well, in that they were like booing him because they they didn't they, they didn't know who he was really. I don't that, think that and, and he was berating a legend. Right. He was fucking Jake the Snake. Right. Right. <laughs> I just I, I, I it's I, Jake that the Snake that you're sitting there yeah, telling like, the, who, who the fuck is a piece this of guy? trash. Right. Get him out of a piece of crap. Get him out of my ring. Well, you can if you listen to it though. Like the hardcore fans loved him and knew who he was. I mean, uh, like when he as soon as he says, you know, I just whooped your ass. You can hear that crowd kind of come up because mm-hmm. nobody had really. Said that. Said that before. Right. Yeah. It was ever a little, right. little edgy and it's things that you wanted to say yourself on, on a microphone or whatever, but yeah. you never you don't get you don't get the opportunity. That's what makes Stone Cold great. We've right. talked about that. That he says things that we would get smacked by our moms or thrown out of our schools or fired from our jobs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And uh, you know, so I, I think the like the the hardcore fans that knew who he was and how he had what he had been through to, to be at that point you know, that was like, you know, they've been waiting for something like that for a while because it was, it was real. Like, he was right. kind of the first real character they, I mean, if you can call it a character, but, uh, so he kind of, you know, goes along a little bit with everything and, and Bret Hart starts making his comeback, you know, because he had taken a year off after that match with Michaels or almost a year off anyways. And him and 
uh, Bret Hart have a great match at Survivor Series in 96 that year. And that, that kind of started putting Stone Cold on the map to the, I guess you, what you would call them, the mainstream fans, the ones that, you know, everybody knew who Bret Hart was. And he was like, right. oh, wow, he's tangling with this Stone Cold guy. This guy must be a pretty big deal kind of thing. Which brings me to the point of, like, what really pushed Stone Cold into the next phase of his career and made him, like, this giant name was the match at WrestleMania 13 with him and Bret Hart, a, a submission match. Yeah. You know, and Ken Shamrock, ironically enough, a uh, special guest referee in that match, mm. and it was kind of his first real appearance with WWE uh, on, like, on, like, a big stage. Um, that match is... My favorite match of all time. I mean, I'm just gonna say it right now that I mean, perfect storytelling. You know, because you got the guy who's the submission expert in Bret Hart, right, going against this tough guy who says that you'll never make me submit. I'll never, I'll never <laughs> say I quit to you ever. Yeah, and man, I, I wish that there was some like video or like visual thing because that match is just so fantastic. Actually, I posted that little one minute. Two minute clip on the on the on the podcast page uh, of like kind of like a summarization of that match. I mean, it's it's if anybody can watch it, WrestleMania 13, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Bret Hart, you will not be disappointed. It is a classic, considered probably the greatest WrestleMania match of all time. I think, in my opinion, I think it's the most important match of all time. And when I say important, I mean that because of what it did for Stone Cold. Yeah, and what it pushed him to, and then what happened in that after that time period? I mean, WWE's blew up. He blew up, biggest name in the history of the in the history of the business. So I, I just, at my opinion, most important match, and it ended just like that. Stone Cold never quit, passed out, right? And so Bret Hart officially won the match, but but he also know. didn't quit so officially like, unofficially right 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 and that was also kind of the first time you'd ever seen anybody really other than maybe ECW but like on WWE anyways bleed like stone cold oh, was in that match the i mean pool that pool of blood man like that was, was ridiculous and spoiler that, alert right and that was a that was a real match too like that you know i don't want to give too much away on like how if people don't really understand how matches work but like they went out there and they they just went at it mm-hmm. like, you know, nothing planned. Like they just, they just, they went at it. Had a what Stone Cold returned to as a, a real fucking pro wrestling match. <laughs> Going back to the old days. Um, so while we're talking on Stone Cold here, there's an endless parade of Stone Cold Steve Austin moments from this attitude era that we could that we could sit here and talk. We could do a whole episode on Stone Cold himself, <laughs> no doubt. But um, let's go with, uh, let's do three. If you can think of three of like your favorite Stone Cold moments uh, that happened during that era. Because, I mean, I mean they, were, they were either hilarious or they either got you like just jumping out of your seat like excited. <laughs> I mean, or you were like in your living room like flipping the bird and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Actually, you know what's funny about that real, real quick is... Uh, <laughs> he was I loved him so much that uh um my dad had had a knee surgery 
and he had a brace similar to Stone Cold's. <laughs> so whenever they were at work and I would be at home and he didn't have his brace, I'd strap that thing on and walk around like I was... <laughs> oh my God, like, that's awesome. Like I was BMF, man. Hell yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think this would probably be a consistent one on all, all of ours, uh, the beer truck incident. I mean, oh, dude, that's... For sure. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> What an unbelievable moment. Isn't that, isn't that considered the greatest Raw moment yes. of all time? Yeah, it is. It is. I feel kind of dirty like talking about it just because every, everyone seems to have that as their favorite Stone Cold moment, but whatever. I mean, it who, is. Who, who had ever done that? No one had ever <laughs> no. done that. No. Even no. at that point, the Attitude Era was already two years old. Yeah, yeah, And uh, old, Vinny, old Vinny Mac trying oh to swim God. through it. <laughs> Freaking dog paddle and trying to. Oh man! Classic. Oh, what an excellent, what an excellent moment! It was um, so well, and you know what? The the promo even before that cracks me up. He, he's like, he's sitting out. He's like, you sit out here spinning your nursery rhymes about Jaboni Driver, you know, whatever something the Avenue. He's like, Jesus Christ, son, you better get your ass serious. <laughs> He's like, I'm gonna roll right into the Smack Smackdown Hotel, drive right into Room 316, and burn that son of a bitch <laughs> to the ground. It's just, it's just so, overall, man, just top to bottom, so fantastic, so perfect. Another one that I can think of would be when he was in the hospital room with Vince. Oh, bedpan McMahon. <laughs> bedpan McMahon. That's what they've termed it as. I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can look it up here. So I'll going. take it from here, nurse. Uh, just just an unbelievable moment as well. Um, another one that I can think of. Um, oh, son of a bitch! I just had it. Oh, the uh, uh, the concrete when he uh, when he filled when he filled Vince's uh, what was was it's, it Corvette? Was it the Corvette? Yeah, uh, it was man. Corvette or I knew it was Corvette the or fucking windows oh, filled the yeah. the windows yes. blew out. Yeah, oh, God, what a, man's and, Corvette and Vince, out in the parking lot. Vince's face when he was just doing it. it watch it because it's so golden. What's funny about that that spe- that specific moment right there is that uh, this this whole it's another another story for another time this this whole McGregor UFC bullshit that he's pulled the last couple of days Genius. I told I told a couple of guys at work today I was like dude that shit is straight out of the attitude era <laughs> what McGregor did was straight out of the attitude era and you know the, a couple of guys were like oh well he's a baby and stuff and I was like I don't care what you say because Think about and there were a couple older guys, you know, about forty or whatever. And I said, think, think about, think about when you used to watch the WWF and the Attitude Era, and you would you would tune in to see Vince, or you you tune in to see Stone Cold throw a brick through Vince's fucking right. limousine window, or and then I was like, oh, the concrete. When he filled up Vince's Corvette with the concrete, that was what happened. He he learned to drive that. They, somebody, the guy that was brought in the truck that they hired the people to bring that. Yeah, in, they taught him on that, the spot. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I remember right before they did the that's segment. Awesome. I remember that there was a that was in like his DVD or something, right? Yeah, yeah. I remember that. I remember learning that a couple years ago. God, what I a got great the bed moment, man. If we want to listen to it real quick, yeah, go ahead and throw that on there. Yeah, hell yeah! Don't miss out on the well, magic of WrestleMania. First, so we'll it's a night when the dream second. magic becomes reality. Goddamn the unbelievable you know, becomes possible, and Shinsuke uh, Nakamura no learns why I am. Yeah. Or there's going to be an ad every time you want to switch videos. Here we go. Videos. 
Oh yeah, intro. What the hell are you doing? Mr. Sacco! <laughs> Say hello to Mr. Sacco! Mr. Sacco knows you've been feeling mighty bad, so he's gonna give hey, your fubo you a kiss! <laughs> hey, hey, ah! No, Mick, please! Damn it, leave. Damn it, leave! <laughs> Take this crap with you! Take it out! Take it all out! Looks just fine to me. How about you, Doctor? Oh, I'll take it from here, nurse. <laughs> How many times you want to smack your boss with a bedpan? I'll tell you, Josh, Fred, Kevin, all three of you want to smack you upside the head with a bedpan every once in a while. Man, that's that's, <laughs> some, that's funny because you can listen to that. I mean, we kind of watch it here a little bit and we've seen it numerous times, but even just listening to it, it's so funny. Yeah. That noise, man. <laughs> bedpan, McMahon, that's good shit. Yeah, the, the bedpan would definitely have to be one of my all-time favorite Stone Cold moments. That was yeah. that, too funny. Just... And you know you gotta give it to Vince too. He just he played it off fantastic, it was like two, he man. always does. They yes, right. Um, another one is definitely when Stone Cold drove the Zamboni <laughs> down the aisle. Oh man! Smashed it right into the ring, and then he jumps up on it, and what he freaking clothesline McMahon off the Zamboni. Yep. I mean, so awesome. Come on. <laughs> so awesome. Uh, that was another one too. They they taught him to drive that right before they did it. <laughs> fantastic uh actually during that he took out part of the live feed while that was going on oh yeah we got some in some areas i remember watching it and hitting still hearing it but when they he took out some of the some of the sound and the feed nice. and, and certain areas that were that were getting that that's awesome oh yeah. hell son uh, if it was uh, a bobcat the beer truck well I'll, I'll since he said the beer truck um when he flipped off tyson i think just because oh man Man. Yeah, I thought I thought about that. Just moment because too. you know Tyson's, you know, I mean, he's the fucking king of boxing, and he basically yeah. is like, "Well, now you're in my ring." Yeah, and they, I, I just they pushed was... each other. Tyson had like seven All million, his... seven million dollars fall out of his pockets. <laughs> <laughs> that was just like a, a that was a surreal cool. moment. Yeah, and that was the night after Austin won the his first Royal Rumble, and that was that was huge. That was on his way to his. And that was at a time where we were kids, and we thought this shit was like you know, hundred percent real, right, real right. and. We were like, oh shit, Tyson just took off Mike Tyson. <laughs> That's Mike Tyson! Right. His nickname is the baddest man on the planet. <laughs> I'm Mike Tyson. Office. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you can't, I mean, we're not asking for any right or wrong answers here, but God, there's, there's so many. Um, I'd have to go with the night he stunned McMahon for the very first time. Yep. Mad- Madison Square Garden. McMahon went stiff dick. That was the mm-hmm. worst f- bump. Worst bump ever. In the history of the business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, but he's, and he, after he's, he's laying there, like his head's twitching, like his eyes are just, like he just went paralyzed or something from it. <laughs> like, uh, man. I'd, I'd have to say the Tyson one too. That was that, yeah. That was that was so good. I, I just I remember watching that. Man, it was that was so amazing. And then I think, 
God, I, that concrete man, that's great. I th- I think when he uh, he guys probably might, might, when they when he quote unquote became the new owner of the WWF, <laughs> and he was like in the in the office building like. Giving the beers to the right. guys at the conference table and stuff like that, and like, uh, did did you see the one where he where he the where he was telling the girl how to answer answer the phone, the phone yes. dude? That's oh, so yes. good. That's how you answer a phone. <laughs> Who the hell's this? What the hell do you want? And then like as he's walking away, you hear the phone ringing. You hear the lady going, "Who the hell's this? <laughs> what the hell do you want?" Like, <laughs> That was so funny, man. Man, he and you know, and and talking about the beer truck thing, you know, and you know, we cannot forget the Rock because those two probably the greatest rivalry in the history of the business. Yeah. Yes. No. Yeah, I'd have to say. I mean, let's let's look at it this way. I mean, even though two, even though one of these manias was not considered Attitude Era, but they headlined three WrestleManias against each other. Yeah. Never been done. Ever. I mean, there's there's been guys that have that have wrestled each other, but three times they've headlined WrestleMania against each other and all three were classics. Yeah, I mean, uh for various reasons, injuries, family issues, uh d- disagreements with ownership or story writing people, it's very very difficult to be on top. Mhm. On three WrestleManias, right? And they did it together. It's mm-hmm. fucking unreal. Yeah, it's unreal. And and not even just that. I mean, their their rivalry went back. Like, I mean, they had so many matches that aren't necessarily really talked about. I mean, nineteen ninety seven, they went back and forth with the IC title for a little bit. Um, that hey, that was another couple moments too. Uh, Austin throwing the the title over the bridge. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. All that all that scuba gear. Is... Telling him <laughs> that he's going to need and all that kind of stuff. Man, that stuff was. You know those two going back and forth with each other. I mean, and Rock was the one that he eliminated uh, to to winning his first Royal Rumble. Yeah. Um, And and so many back and forth moments to those guys. Another funny one. uh, I think it was uh, Backlash '99. Those two were wrestling each other for the title. Uh, I think it was a no DQ match in the whole, but whatever. Uh, So they're they're on one of the tables or whatever, and Rock grabs one of the cameras, and he's like sitting there talking. You hear him talking. He like flip. He's like. He's like, you can go to hell, Stone Cold, and then he flips him off. And he's like, and you can take that to hell with you, or whatever. And then Rock turns away with the camera, or whatever, and he turns back, and Stone Cold's in his face, and he flips him the double bird and gives him a stunner right there while he's holding the camera. Just like, man, they had so many great moments. Their WrestleMania matches were phenomenal too. Yeah. The the uh, WrestleMania 15 one uh, in Philadelphia, uh, Mick or Mankind, I guess, ended up being the referee and all that kind of stuff. That was. That was great. It was uh, his referee shirt. I know. Hey, you know what though? Mankind McFoley, he can, he cannot go unnoticed. I mean, no. I mean, he, he motherfucker he, had three characters, right? And everyone that were good. Them. Yeah, I was yeah. just saying, they were all great. Yeah, and he was so hilarious though in the in the attitude era. Where did he debut uh, Dude Love? Because everyone was like, "What the fuck is this?" Well, hey, guess what? Guess who was involved with that too? It, was it Stone, was that Stone Cold? Cold? Yeah, right. yeah, yep, yep. <clears throat> Everyone's like, who the, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah, they became tag champions right that night, right there. And the Rock and Sock connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man, <sighs> you want to talk about a fantastic moment? The Rock. This is your life. This is your life. Oh man. Yeah. No doubt. And brought my, back Rock's old teachers and shit. <laughs> it's like, 
He's like, I bet you'd like to serve the rock a nice big piece of that poontang pie. Poontang pie. Lawler starts losing it, man. It is so hilarious. Puppy, it's a poontang pie. But it, my favorite line at the end is after it's all over, is uh, Rock grabs the mic. He's like, naturally, the Rock is grateful to all his fans. And it's man, what I'm trying to think what what the day was that they were doing this. But he, then he, so he's like, naturally, the Rock is great for all his fans. And he, then he goes to mankind. He's like, but he's like, but you, the Rock's birthday is May thirteenth. You stupid <laughs> son of a bitch. Yep. <laughs> he calls him stupid son of a bitch, and the mankind's like, oh, so so broken hearted. Dejected. Yeah. But, but yeah. Talk that, about a guy that just oh, mankind just Mick Foley man, all of it. Such a such a superstar. <laughs> so, when we're talking about some of these moments, let's talk about some of like the big, like the, the the really defining moments of the Attitude Era. Like, I mean, just the things that were just so over the top. We mentioned it a little bit. I mentioned uh, one of my Austin moments was Austin stunning McMahon. I think that right there. I mean, because that 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 didn't really do anything. Like McMahon still kind of. He was on the mic a little bit after that and all that kind of stuff, you know. And Austin was stunning everybody left and right. <laughs> Funny right. story, I got what he the, was fucking Oprah out there. You get a stunner. The, you get a stunner. The, everybody here gets a stunner. <laughs> the night he uh, stunned uh, Sergeant Slaughter, uh, that was in Cincinnati. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. that was in Cincinnati yeah. at the old gardens. Oh yeah, I was there. And uh, <laughs> I remember he was out there doing that thing, and I, I remember asking my mom. I was like, I was like, Mom, can I do what Stone Cold does? <laughs> and we were we were with her friends from work at the time, and she, I I don't I think she thought that I was gonna like do this or something like that. And I yeah, so uh, I thought the cameras could like see everything or like would see something if somebody did something. But, right. I mean, I was yeah, a, I was at the top. Right. So, I was, so so she's like, yeah, sure, and I go. <laughs> <laughs> Flipping the double bird, and I'm only like I think eight at the time. Nice. Mm-hmm. She's like Ryan, and I was like, "What? Well, you said I could do what Stone Cold does." Mm-hmm. And he stunned, slaughtered. One of the things I loved about that because at this time he had broken his neck mm-hmm. in that match with Owen Hart, or well, d- didn't break his neck, almost did, but he was out of action anyway. He wasn't allowed to wrestle. Owen Hart wound up breaking his neck too. <laughs> Get out of here! Get out! That's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, I, well. Yeah, I'm sorry. Jesus <sighs> Christ! I, I was Damn. That's back-to-back episodes. You just, you just <laughs> fucking screwed the pooch. God damn. Anyways, uh, <laughs> but uh, one of the things he's because they were so he couldn't wrestle, and that was when they actually enforced you know the clause of like if you didn't defend the belt, you know, obviously that doesn't exist today because our champion's Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, so Austin's like. You know, you keep telling me to deliver the Intercontinental Championship. The only thing I'm going to deliver is a big fat can of whoop ass right to your front door. <laughs> and all this kind of, just like, just dog and slaughter. He's like, the only thing you've been eating is a whole bunch of damn cheeseburgers. And just like, <laughs> just, just ripping on him hardcore. And like then he, he also Stone Cold Stunner Slaughter's chin. Yeah. Okay. Two separate. <laughs> two separate. And then, like, then, like, after he does it, he starts doing push-ups and like sit-ups and stuff, like <laughs> mocking this whole sergeant thing. And yeah, that was. But Austin and McMahon, God, I mean, so we we've said like, uh, you know, at least ten moments by those two. Right. Um. 
So the one that really caused McMahon to become Mr. McMahon, he was no longer Vince McMahon, the Montreal screw job. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably the most infamous moment. Brett uh, screwed Brett screwed Brett. Anybody that doesn't know Montreal screw job is uh was Bret Hart was on his way out. He was going to WCW because they were offering him a fat ton of money, like anybody else that had left there. Uh, Vince was okay with letting him go because, I mean, let's face it, Brett was towards the end of his career. And end of his career, and did he really even fit into that next step? Well, that was part of the reason he was wanting mm-hmm. to leave is because he was not – he was okay he did, with some yeah. of this stuff, but he didn't but, – he was not totally on board with the right. whole attitude era Right, because he's, he's more your, like, kind of older school. Yeah, he's old school. Right. Uh, Very, the thing he, is – oh, He learned in the fucking dungeon. Right, right. right. <laughs> but but right. the thing with that confuses me with that is, is he was so – good as a heel right and and doing that whole like canada usa thing yep and you know and and you know going out there and telling all you know all the americans can kiss my ass you know what i mean like he was good at that and he had the history too behind him i mean well you know this family and everything so and so brett was on his way out and it was the last match it was in montreal you know he's from canada he's from calgary Against, you know, his longtime rival mm-hmm. and legitimate, like, real-life enemy, Shawn Michaels. That that right there, that if if Stone Cold and Rock are number one, A, Shawn and Brett's got to be for one, sure. B. Yeah. For sure. And the thing is, is they didn't even have that many matches, like, in that era. Yeah. It was, like, their matches they had early 90s. Before, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, so... We're, we're talking a, a year and a half off of the Iron Man match from WrestleMania 12. They were supposed to have their rematch at 13, and Sean lost his smile, gave up his belt, blah, 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 blah. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. So, um, and then it's, uh, Brett is not wanting to lose in Canada. Right. He doesn't want to drop the belt, which makes no sense because people all over the world are watching, so it doesn't really matter where you are. And it was more or less he didn't want to drop the belt to Sean because of he didn't feel like Sean respected him enough and blah, you know, left Vince in a tough situation because after that night Brett was not on contract. So if he had the belt, he could take leave it with him, and go with him, go <laughs> take it on WCW, and then guess what? Vince is probably going to go out of business because his company just got you know their ass shown right on so on your, live television. Yeah, so your champion just went to the other network, and right. now you don't have a belt. Right, exactly. <laughs> and so the screw job comes in. Uh, ironically enough, Sean puts Brett in the sharpshooter, sharpshooter. and all of a sudden ah. the bell rings. And it's like, what the it. hell just happened? Um, you know, of course. You know, I was just as confused as y'all. <laughs> and they give they give Sean the belt. He gets out of there, and Brett's standing there looking at Vince. Like, and, what the fuck? <laughs> giant loogie right to the face, man. And... Pretended to spray paint WCW in the air. Yeah, I mean, and, yep. and I'm honestly, well, I don't know. Maybe I guess his contract wasn't technically up until midnight. But I was gonna say, like, he went around like destroying, oh yeah, the property right. and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, he he was not happy. <laughs> yeah, and then a little behind the scenes. Uh, that's part of the reason why Bulldog left and Nightheart, uh, Jim the Animal Nightheart left. Uh, Owen did. Owen almost did. He he wanted to, but he was like. Don't you say anything. I'm not saying anything. That was awful. I was fucking, watching that pay-per-view live. and it, fucking it dickhead. That was, was like, oh, man. I remember because they it just basically cut off, and they're like, um, we got to yeah, inform yeah. people, like, something This is happened. not part of the broadcast. This yeah, this isn't, like, 
this is not part of the show. Right. Oh, Something bad terrible. has happened. Like, I, it was, yeah, I was watching it live. And then, you know, the whole mm. Brett got to Vince backstage and Vince told him, you know, I did what I had to do. So if you want to punch me, now's your chance. And Brett laid one on him. He had a shiner that uh, next week when he cut the whole Brett screwed Brett interview. That was a big moment too, honestly, to him doing that interview. No doubt. I mean, I mean, nobody had ever openly talked about behind the scenes stuff like right. that before, you know. And especially with Vince sitting there with a black eye, yeah. where Brett knocked him out, and uh, you know, the infamous words, "Brett screwed Brett." That was that was one of the moments that my father used. To uh, uh, prove, I guess, to me that it was scripted. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was that that the whole Montreal screw job? Yep. That was that, was, that changed that was a, a lot. That was a huge moment, no doubt. That that changed a lot. Uh, you know, unfortunately for Brad, his WCW career was not you know as good as it probably could have been. But yeah, look at all the egos he had to work around. No doubt. And, and you got straight laced Bret Hart. That place, in that place was a poison. So yeah. Michaels won the belt then. After that, right? So no, he was the champion. He was then. the champion then, right? They, there. Yeah, right. He won that belt in that match. Brett yeah. dropped yeah. the title to right. him in Montreal. Yes. Now, did that lead into <laughs> unwillingly um, the Austin Michaels match? Yeah. The next year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just around the corner right. at the WrestleMania. Okay. Um, Sean's back was muffed. Yeah, up, yeah. From that Taker backdropping him on that casket, man. Yep. And I mean, he didn't. After that, he didn't wrestle until that mania, and that you know, that's a whole story in itself too. Uh, I got that on here. You know, when Austin became the champ, I mean, that was huge. Was that the first time Austin got it the was. belt? Yeah, yep. the very okay. first. Time. Yep, that's why it was kind of a big deal. I mean, they were what? Go ahead with it. The, one of my favorite stories from Austin's career is how upset he was about. It's it's very lackluster when you go back and watch it. Um, you know that was when Tyson came in the whole Tyson incident. Watching it live, it was gee, it was so fucking gangster for us to watch it live. Right. And but when you hear this perspective of it, check it out. So like Stone, I, I watched this interview the other because uh, this past you know end of March was the twenty year anniversary for him winning his first title. Right. And he himself was talking about how disappointing it was because. Um, you know, it was such a huge deal. Like, there were so many eyes on it because they brought in Tyson. You know, and A, Michaels, his back was so fucked up. Uh, and you can watch him during the match. Oh, he's, he's, it's he was, so uncomfortable oh, to God watch. Yeah. And Austin said, you know, the, the match itself was terrible. Right. But the ending was even worse. He was like, you know, I hit him with a stunner. And Tyson comes in and hits that quick three count. And it's yeah. like... And it's like, okay, yeah, like, you know, it's just like, boom, sudden. Yeah. And then Austin himself said, like, you know, when you're winning a big title match, you know, you kind of want that slow, out. That slow right. deliberate right. count. Will he, you know, will he kick out of it? Yeah. And, you know. And it, from our perspective, it was, it was, uh, you know, there, there was the whole buildup that Tyson was going to, Tyson was part of DX. He was, yeah. He, well, he wore right. a DX shirt. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. So it was like. He flipped on DX, on DX right. to give that quick count to oh, Austin. Oh, I hated it. I mean, I, I but hated it, <laughs> it fucked Austin because his first title reign, didn't he, really, didn't, wasn't get, he didn't get the belt by the one, two, yeah. three. It did, yeah, it didn't give the it didn't give the crowd a chance to count along. Exactly, with it. And that's yeah, like yeah. The, that's like the oh, biggest thing. But when you don't, when you like, I've I've never thought about that perspective yeah. from Steve's perspective of it. You know, he said he said he came back. Stage and saw Vince. He was like, "That match sucked, Vince." 
Yeah. He's like, it was fucking terrible. And Vince just told him, like, you will. We start over tomorrow. Because typically, the day, the Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania, they almost kind of look at that as, like, the beginning of their next season. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Because, right. like, when you watch it now, they introduce, that's that's the time for them to introduce new stars. Absolutely. Kind of start some storylines over again. Yep. And, uh, so, yeah, Vince told him, like, you know, well, don't worry about it. Brush it off. We start, we start brand new tomorrow. And then, you know. The next night on Raw, Austin stuns McMahon again. (laughs) After McMahon tries to tell him, like, you're going to be the kind of champion I want you to be, and all that kind of stuff. Um, God, so many Austin McMahon moments. So, yeah, I know. Austin becoming the champ. Finding our way back to Austin. Because I I said at the beginning, (laughs) it it begins and ends with him. No question. Um, I mean, he was the face. I mean, the guy. The guy. Uh, Here's an attitude moment I would like you to elaborate on because um, I remember my account of it. And oddly enough, it involves The Rock, Jericho's debut. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's one of my favorite moments of all time. Yeah, for real. Straight up. I mean, it it was so well done. You might remember that, Will. Do you remember the whole Millennium Countdown Clock? Oh, yeah. You know, yep. and we thought we were gonna oh, die, and the Y two J. I had no what it was. Right? And the thing was, is I was watching WCW then just as much as I yeah. was WWE. I think I, I, I think didn't the, really pay attention. Everybody to was flipping over during the commercials well, and shit. Yeah, and I, I remember I I started watching WCW like that's I didn't watch WWF yeah. until kind of this whole attitude era picked up really. Outcast. Yeah, I know. No, I'm just kidding. Hogan, Hogan, right. and well, Sting. NWO and was amazing. That yeah. They made it. They made it more watchable. Sure, for sure. No. Um. Uh. Yeah, Jericho's debut. I mean, and at that point, I I liked him, but I didn't really pay enough attention to realize, you know, he's not on WCW television right now. Yeah. What is you know? And then, it, perfect. Like right in the middle of Rock's promo, this countdown clock starts going, and everybody's like, what? What then, the fuck? man? That reaction from the crowd when when uh, Jericho debuts was so like electric and loud. I like that was one of the loudest reactions. I'm gonna try to pull it up here. You can talk about it since it's one of your moments that you wanted to bring up. No, well, I, I, yeah, I mean, uh, my household loves the Rock. My household loves Jericho, uh, both for different reasons and. It involves both of them, and yeah, I mean, the countdown, uh, I don't know, what. so I was like 11, we were like 11, 12, 10, 10 to 12. Probably 10 to Yeah, whatever 12, it was, yeah, 10, 10 to 12, and... Oh, just it, like the whole kind of fear of just, like, we real thought life we were going to die. Real life stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah everyone, like, uh, most people will in the, the world... Will the computers flip over? Will yep, everything just go, yep. blah? We're going to lose our money. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Like we better stock time. up on canned green beans and shit. <laughs> right, because that's what I want to be eating forever. <laughs> so I have, I, have, I have the moment here. I w- they have the full thing, but we're not going to listen to all ten minutes of it. But uh, I will later. Yeah. Here's the, like, That's okay. How long we got? This is where we no, like the no, plug. No. How long is Well, this is a good WrestleMania match here. This is where we like to plug YouTube. Charlotte Yeah, yeah big fan of both of them. How long is the uh, Jericho clip? A minute and a half. I made my debut on Raw August 9th, 1999, 
after a month of the countdown to the new millennium. Uh-oh! Here we go, JR! I just remember that rumbling of the crowd, just like buzzing and screaming. And then when it hit zero... so many great and memorable moments but I have to say that number one on the list is my debut so good excellent like excellent. The, the roar of that crowd when that Jericho flips over and hits man it is the risque video that you know that his uh, entrance video that's that yeah I, I love watching that like you I, I might watch, watch that a little bit later yeah um another one I'm gonna go to here uh we're going to kind of two and one here was the attitude air introduced the hell in the cell match. Yep. Not a cage match. Hell in a cell is giant steel cage like apparatus, but it goes not onto the ring, but around the ring about five, maybe 10 feet. And then you got a roof on top of it. And the first one, uh, you know, my all time favorite undertaker and Shawn Michaels, I mean, what a freaking phenomenal match. I mean, for the first time ever, I mean, they blew it out of the water. Sean bleeding like he's, oh my like God. Like a stuck pig. I, <laughs> I remember uh, when they when they got outside onto the, uh, when they got outside onto the, uh, or uh, on top of the cell, part of, uh, or well, some of Sean's blood dripped on a camera that was right underneath it. And you can hear if you go back and listen to it, the cameraman's like, oh, shit! <laughs> like, this. <laughs> Dude, it's hilarious. <laughs> I'm almost there. I can't wait to get there. Funny, uh, funny My story about viewing. that. Funny story about that. I got, uh, I, you know, Attitude Era calls me to get in trouble quite a bit because that was of course <laughs> i thought it was so fun uh do you remember when uh gold dust was starting to act a little weird and he started running around with that fu on his face the uh-huh forever yep. unchained yep you know supposed to be fuck you to everybody else uh-huh. um yep. i can't remember what it was doing but some some kid and i was only in third grade i remember this plain as day he was, yeah, it kind of pissed me off or something like that and i was like f you and he went fucking told the teacher like a little bitch, and uh, I got in, <laughs> I got in trouble for it. So because of that, I was not allowed to watch wrestling for like, uh, dude. That was the worst. When I would get grounded from oh wrestling, God, it was the worst dude. feeling ever. I hated it. Um, but it was around that time of that of that uh, first time to sell the Bad Blood pay per view. Yeah. So I had to miss it. I didn't get to see it live. But uh, I remember because when I was a kid, I was a little more open. So I was like sitting on the toilet taking a shit. <laughs> and uh my dad was just like sitting in the kitchen and like you know you could see like from the bathroom to the kitchen he was sitting yeah. talking to me and my mom wasn't home he was like he was like don't say anything to your mom but uh 
He's like, I'm going to tell you about that pay-per-view. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like telling me about the Hell in a Cell match, talking about how Sean was just bleeding everywhere, and yeah. like he went through a table, and he was like, you know, an Undertaker's, you know, Kane, you know, this guy that's been talking about debuted and all this other, you know, and that was a big moment too. But can't forget about Kane's debut in that first Hell in a Cell match, man. That was unreal when he came down and freaking ripped that door off. Right. Like you would, you know, he was just as big, if not bigger than The Undertaker. He was right. For, he was for sure built more than The Undertaker as far as like muscle mass and all that kind of stuff. He, he might have been slightly taller too, but, you know, and he had the mask and the red. And I mean, that was, that was, you know, if you thought Undertaker was kind of scary as a kid, like, you this know, he was a little older and hell. Kane was like frightening. Oh, uh, frightening is not the word. He didn't speak. <laughs> You know what I mean? It was like, God, this dude. And and Paul Bear was great the with him mask. too. The yeah. mask, yeah. The mask was even more heinous than his actual face. <laughs> That's pretty. I don't know, man. <laughs> when he unveiled his face later on, it, was, <laughs> it might be the put ugly, the mask back on. <laughs> might be the ugliest. The hair, person. the hair just fucked him over, oh, man. Yeah. Right. Raggedy ass, wet ass. <laughs> so and then Isaac. And then we'll get to probably what is considered the greatest match of the Attitude Era, which is uh, Mankind and Undertaker's Hell in the Cell match. Right. I mean, I mean, just within the first ten minutes, there was only two things that happened. Yeah, Mankind got through thrown off the cell and then thrown through the cell. <laughs> like that was the only two things that happened. And and oh my god. I remember watching that live, man. Yep. When when he got thrown all in that crowd reaction. Yeah. It, oh, everyone thought he was dead. And it's like you're watching it literally as it's happening. You felt like you're watching it in slow motion. But, yeah. Like, like how long is it going to take for this guy's body right. to hit the fucking ground? My, my old man was a big Terry Funk fan, so when when Terry came down, my my dad he became distraught and was mm-hmm. like Terry, Terry, Terry's a uh, I can't remember what he said, but it was something along the lines like Terry's. Terry's upset. Like, <laughs> there's something really wrong. That was kind of like the feeling was yeah, that like Terry man, wouldn't have went and yeah, like, that broke character like that. Yeah, it, he was missing a shoe and shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> like Vince was down there. Yeah. I mean, it was. It had of, the feel of like mankind was truly in danger. <laughs> which, I'm sure he was. <laughs> right. I was say, well, he did get tossed off the 20 foot sure cell he was. into a table. Right. I mean, fucking tooth and. Six was it sixteen twenty feet? I think it's twenty feet. Oh my god! Uh, Doesn't matter. Oh, hey, se- seven feet falling like that. I'm 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 out on. So <laughs> uh, you guys need to watch the. Uh, well, I know you guys have had. I'm just talking about the people listening to the podcast, but um, the Have a Nice Day documentary, right? Yeah. Man, they go through some like. Well, he's he's got like his own like a full on new one on the network. Oh now really? That, nice. They just did in like 2013. Okay. I mean and. and <laughs> It's funny too because he'll he'll uh, he'll he'll use this as like a description. Like if he goes to like talk to a school or something to talking to these kids about you know make sure you stay in school and don't do drugs blah blah blah. And at the end he'll ask uh, anybody got any questions and he'll say say a hundred hands go up, and then he'll just immediately go. Yes, it hurt when Undertaker threw me off Hell in a Cell, <laughs> and he'll say ninety nine hands will go down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's awesome. awesome. <laughs> and it was, you know, it was, I I thought it was even scary when he got thrown through, through. the cell. Like, man, that that just, like, that back <laughs> just gave out, and 
man, he's just falling, especially the way he lands with the chair and everything. Man, oh, and they wound man. up saying, I think they he wound up saying that that was actually worse than getting thrown yeah. off the top of it. He said through the cell that wasn't supposed to happen. Right, they, they had planned. He had planned on going off the top of it, but going through the cell wasn't. When that chair of, knocked him out, and then also the infamous tooth the in his tooth nose, in his oh, nose was yeah. because of that. Yeah, and you know what? And the the ring gave. Yeah, it, it broke, broke a little bit. Buckled. Was that a different one? No, not that bad. That was the uh, Triple H Hell in a Cell when he went through that one. And the ring broke and then hmm. in 2000, yeah. had no way out. That's that's why he's here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, totally thought the ring broke. But uh, no, the, I don't know how the ring didn't break. Yeah. Personally, yeah. I mean, you got a 300-pound guy just... But anyways, and you know what's funny is, you know, those are obviously the two moments that are like really talked about. In that match, for obvious reasons, because it never happened and it never happened before. I'm not going to say it didn't happen again because it did. But that match ended up actually, I thought, is a really underrated match for what the what it actually is. And it's fun. And it's cool listening to like mankind talk about that match because uh, he'll he he like when he came through the cell and like the chair hit him and stuff. He was out. Mm-hmm. And then when he stood back up, he. He regained consciousness when, like, he stood up and, like, uh, Undertaker punched him, and he just, like, slowly fell down. And he regained consciousness then. And then it ended up being a really good match, in my opinion, after that. I mean, it was, you know, truly, like, a hell-in-a-cell oh, yeah. match. Right. That was... Just those those two moments that are forever embedded in my brain. <sighs> yeah. And everybody, I mean, it's... Yeah. I think that that's the number one on my... OMG moment, isn't it? On the on that countdown? Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unreal. Has to be. It was totally unexpected and right. Yeah. Kevin, That's like the testimony that Undertaker gave too. He like he was he felt awful. Apprehensive. After yeah. he threw him off, like he didn't even want to talk about it and was like, I, I killed him. Like I know I killed him. And well, you, you, you can see it on his face yeah, when yeah, he, he climbs like, up when he climbs up the, or the when cage he's just too. standing there. Yeah. Right. He looked like he was terrified. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, kind of some of that stuff. You just you just want to watch again. Like you're sitting there talking about, like, oh, yeah, I gotta see this shit. Yeah, I'm gonna, what time is it? I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it tonight before we go to sleep. <laughs> um, another one we talked about in in full detail already. The beer truck. I mean, that was just so that so it was funny. It was awesome. I mean, it was intense because it was the it was the week before uh, the WrestleMania matchup at WrestleMania 15. Um, and you know what's really odd about that segment too? I found this really odd. Just to, you would think that that would be something that would like close the show. That was literally at the beginning of that episode <laughs> of that Raw, which is weird. It's so weird because it's like that, everybody had to rest one beer that night, huh? Or, or that, or how can you expect to get the crowd even more to top than, that? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, you just you know douse the whole upper echelon with beer. Um, <laughs> Another one uh, you would mention, Ty, before we started recording this was the or uh, one of you guys did I give it, the the, no. D, the DX invasion, yeah, when they drove to Nitro on the tank, Fuck, yeah, God, that was, I, I mean, that, the WWE was like, here's our balls, yeah. right? How big are yours? Yeah. Open your, that, open your kid, mouth. Every kid went suck it, suck it, suck it, <laughs> and it was so great because they were just crapping on WCW on live TV, like yep. Like asking the guys, "Hey, how much you pay for your tickets?" And he's like, "I didn't. They were free." <laughs> well, and they they shot the thing too on the marquee. Like WCW had it advertised, it said free tickets. Like, oh yeah, they, they couldn't sell that show. 
And that was that was hilarious. They were yeah. driving on the tank. Then they tried to actually drive down into the building, mm-hmm. and WCW shut them off real quick before Triple H literally straddling the barrel of the tank. <sighs> yeah, there's there's so many little things here and there that they, like that those guys did. It was just really funny. X Pac and Road Dog and yeah. Mr. Ass. China. I mean, you can't forget. Yeah. I mean, she was an integral part. I mean, yeah, she she was great. What joke do you want to make about China? She's deceased. None. Yeah, I got nothing, off, not, nothing offhand. <laughs> Sorry, she has broken dishes. She, she had. <laughs> Jesus. That was a good one. <laughs> oh, any other any other moments here before we uh, move along? Nah, not off the top of my head. It was, it was some pretty good ones though. I mean, that, that kind of stuff was just. Amazing. We we well, we can't forget the uh what came to be the triangle TLC mat well, TLC matches. I mean, those were revolutionary and huge. I mean, during that time period with the Dudleys, Edge and Christian and the Hardys, I mean man, oh man. It's on my on my list. Stole <laughs> stole the show. You know what I mean? Like, you know, the first one they did was technically a triangle ladder match at WrestleMania two thousand SummerSlam 2000, the first TLC, and then WrestleMania 17, the TLC 2, man. Dude, the Dudleys put women through tables. I know, I can't wait to watch their... I was watching part of their Hall of Fame speech tonight before I came over here. Women. Mae Young. Off the stage. She went off the stage through a table. Just Then you have the Hardy Boys just taking the, the biggest bumps. Flying through the air. Dude, those 30, those 30, 40 feet swantons off like the fucking ladder. Jumbotrons oh and God. shit. Deftifying. Man, it's unreal. Man. Unreal. Yeah. And Edge and Christian, I, dude, I think two vastly underrated, just fun characters. No I doubt. Don't know. No I, doubt. I, I don't know. Like they were two, great. There's Ed, two names that don't really pop up. Edge is one of the most uh, underrated. Oh, yeah. One of the most underrated wrestlers and, of all time. I mean, we can't understate <clears> the whole, like, the the one moment from out out of all those matches was the spear, spear. off the mm-hmm. ladder while Jeff was Mid-air. hanging on yeah oh my mm-hmm. god unbelievable man I mean, when when you watch that back that crowd just absolutely comes unglued because like, everyone was flying and dying like the whole match like they could not <laughs> believe that they had just saw somebody spear somebody fifteen feet in the freaking air yeah <laughs> I mean let's just say Hardy dropped from the 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 ring the the belt ring thing that held it yeah. just by himself, you yeah. would have been like, "Holy fuck!" Right. But no, a motherfucker got speared by a human being. <laughs> right. <laughs> Unreal. Yeah. Edge for, Christian yeah. wound up winning that match, right? Yeah. Yeah. That- they they ended up coming out on top of pretty much all those matches, which yeah. was really cool. Yeah. Um. And speaking of WrestleMania 17, if if we are done with moments, at sure. Least, yeah. Actually, a, a real funny one. You remember when DX came out impersonating the Nation? Uh yeah, uh my brother slapped himself down or smacks himself down. What a gr- smacks himself down. <laughs> I gotta remember bring this up here, dude. I haven't thought about that moment in forever. Was uh, X Pac was uh, was uh, Mark, Mark Henry, Henry, right? Yes. <laughs> and Triple H was the Croc. <laughs> if you smell what the Croc is cooking, <laughs> man, if I can, fantastic. if I can find that here, that's gonna be. Who was Road Dog? Because he would. Road Dog was mm. below. God, devour us. Every time I start you, you looks like, like skip this one. 
that what's up That's with right, yeah, yeah, yeah. They've been behind closed doors all day. We'll find out why when we come back. Hey, he, would, he would run to the, the farmer's ring and be like, Let's see the nation's coming out. No. Here we go. Oh my God, JR, look at this. I am not believing this. The best the part is the guy impersonating him, or Jason Sensation, just, a, just an actor. Just a hired actor, right? A damn aardvark. I look like an aardvark. Is in Miami and is home watching this tonight. Owen Hart's in Calgary and Mark Henry's down in Texas. And I'll bet the furniture in all three of their houses are flying around the room right now. Look at this guy's nose. <laughs> well, we have not seen, we have not seen DX all day, folks, which is very uncharacteristic for these guys. What is that? was miserable. <laughs> <laughs> he is the rock, look! The part of the rock will now be played by Triple H. Look at that eyebrow. <laughs> look at that eyebrow. Hands up, hose down. Look at the Godfather. Let's see. <laughs> What'd that mean? <laughs> JR. Nation ain't gonna like this. I ain't speaking. You should have smelled what the rock was baking. The rock was baking. Brother was baking. <laughs> look at look at Delo. He demands. Look at Delo. I'm gonna Delo. Uh oh. What's going on here now? Wait a minute. Uh oh. It's the people's elbow, Jr. <laughs> Uh, the best damn elbow in the business, according to The Rock. Look at this. <laughs> As a matter of fact, <laughs> people's elbow. And the people are standing up. Look at this. When it comes to the crock and the ladies, and the crock hits rock bottom. He has no choice but to lay that smack down on himself. <laughs> you hear that? The brother smacks himself down. Oh, look at me. Oh, man. Can you imagine the rock? He's broken every piece of furniture in his living room right now. Hey, wait a minute. Look at this guy. Is that his nose or did park a bus on his face? Supposed to be Owen Hart. Well, enough is enough, and it's time for a change. <laughs> This is a comedian impersonating Owen Hart. Did you hear that? So voice? what? Nobody listens to me. Nobody gives a damn what I think. And what the hell am I doing wearing this ridiculous outfit? <laughs> I look like a damn road sign. <laughs> what the hell am I? A school crossing? <laughs> you know, I tried to be a tough guy. 
but I just couldn't grow my damn beard in. <laughs> and you know what? I am not a nugget. I'm a black heart, damn it. A winner, a soul survivor. Things are not well in Calgary tonight. That is Owen Hart. That is Owen Hart. And if anybody smells what the rock is cooking, it's me. Look how big my damn nose is. <laughs> what the hell am I? An art mark? <laughs> what does your brother look like? An art mark? Milo, look at Milo. Hey, 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 Rock. <laughs> me is Art Henry. I don't know what you're cooking. Smells like shit. Oh my. But I think I'll eat some anyway. <laughs> you know something, Mark Henry? <laughs> Me is Mark Henry. Right. <laughs> I know you're the world's strongest man. And the croc's got a hell of a body himself. But there's one thing the people want to know. How do you get your pecs to go all the way around to your back like that? <laughs> oh, man. What he wants to know is how... Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> Look! Shut your mouths and know your role. Nation, it's real simple. We got two words for you. Man, that, that that's a visual that people literally have to Degenerate see to really fool. get because that's hilarious. So, uh, real quick, I mean, you know, real quick, just talking about like pop culture. I mean, when, when somebody tells you to suck it, DX. I mean, straight from DX, man. Yeah, oddly, my son tells my wife to suck it. That's fucking <laughs> awesome. <laughs> But, uh, I mean, he says it, and I just go into the degenerate into something fool. <laughs> <laughs> Two to three times a night before bedtime. <laughs> so uh, let's kind of uh, define here, like where the attitude era started coming to an end. Uh, I don't know what you guys think necessarily. A lot of people think it still ran through like 2002 when like they started doing like the whole WWE when they changed WWE. You know what I mean? But right. in my opinion, <sighs> in my opinion, I think it ended the night of WrestleMania 17 uh, when Austin and McMahon shook hands and were on the same side. And the reason I say that is because you know a week before that. WCW gets bought by WWE. Right. One of the whole reasons... Shane, Shane bought him. Well, yeah. He's still <laughs> WWE. Uh, but, like, one of the whole reasons that the Attitude Era existed was because of WCW existing and the Monday Night Wars and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, well, at that point, WCW's gone. Who are they really competing against? Yeah. What do they have to be attitudinal about? You know what yep. I mean? And then, you know, and then Austin and McMahon being on the same page, well, <laughs> again, that was the whole reason that, like, one of the biggest reasons that Attitude Area existed was because those two were going against each other. Now they're on the same side. And at that point, I felt like that's when the Attitude Era was done for. I mean, they were still, you know, he was still cursing and flipping birds right, and all that right, kind of stuff. But... And they, they were still having some racy things with the divas and all that kind of stuff. But, um, 
you know, and then the whole invasion angle and stuff like that. So that to me is when the Attitude Era ended. Does that seem like a reasonable time for you guys? Or yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. Really. Yeah. So that's kind of the Attitude Era. I mean, it, it, a fun time for anybody who do, has not really paid attention or listened ever, or or whatever. I mean, anything at all watched or anything like that. I mean, it's a fun time, and there were some fun moments. Even if you are a wrestling fan, you know exactly what I'm talking about, and you know exactly, you know these moments and all the stuff. Some of these things we've listened to and all that kind of stuff. So, um, this week's through the scope, a little bit different, and uh, we're gonna go into that here now. This week's through the scope, uh, you know, again, we talked about it. WrestleMania is this Sunday, biggest event of the year for WWE. Their quote unquote Super Bowl always has been and always will be. Every year it gets bigger and bigger somehow. Yeah, yeah. That's what she <laughs> said. Um, uh, mine has the opposite effect. Mine, Mine's absolutely the opposite effect down here in this basement. <laughs> <laughs> A little chilly down here. Chilly, Willie. <laughs> But, um, so, the big matches for this week's, or this year's WrestleMania, I should say, uh, I think, you know, we got Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, you know, what's the deal with Lesnar? Is he leaving? Is he staying? Mm -hmm. You know, he's holding that damn belt too long, somebody's, somebody else's turn, but, um, so, uh, and then we got, you know, what's considered a dream match to a lot of wrestling fans all over the world is AJ Styles and... Shinsuke Nakamura for the WWE Championship, which is, you know, that's a, a wrestling fan's dream, I guess, like when you're, when you're coming down to the matches itself. I beat you <clears throat> with yeah. knee to face. Yeah. Like, two of the greatest wrestlers in the world right now, yeah. by far. AJ Styles, I think, is he- head and shoulders above everybody. Yeah, he said uh, a year and a half, the past year and a half has been... One of the biggest year and a half that a superstar can have, right? Especially coming into you know WWE, you know what I mean. He's been in right, was in TNA and did the New Japan, <clears throat> New Japan all that stuff. Well, I mean, hell, he was in WCW right towards the end when they when they uh, got yeah, bought out by WWE, but, which uh, is fucked up to learn if you didn't know, right? Yeah, he's been he's been around for a while and he's yeah. he's on top now where he deserves to be because he's. And everybody loves him too. Like I don't know anybody that really sits there and says like you know he's overrated or you know they don't like him. Yeah, I, you don't find too many people who say that for sure. And you know yeah. when he first came in on WWE, he was a little slow on the mic. Like as far as like what what they were what what it kind of got over with WWE's fans, but he picked it up big time. You know he's a great heel, he's a great face, but he's he's just awesome to watch. It, yeah, I was I was it was really cool to meet him with Colton last year. Sure. You know, got his autograph and all that kind of stuff. Pictures. I mean, really, really cool. I'm a big fan of the the soccer mom hairstyle. Hair yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> if um, I could grow it, that's what I'd have. <laughs> and then uh, 
just probably real quick here the I mean the biggest match. Well, you know what? We we got there's a couple more. I I just realized one that possibly could happen, but uh, the WWE in ring debut of Hot Ronda, Hot Ronda, Rowdy Ronda Rousey teaming with Kurt Angle against Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. Need to change my pants. Yeah, I, I'm anxious to see. I'm I'm anxious to see what happens. I'm I'm hoping. I mean, I mean. Triple H and Stephanie cut a promo two weeks ago on Raw that let me know, unfortunately, let me know that Ronda can't lose. Because they said, you know, it's, it's, if, if Ronda loses to an executive, that's embarrassing. Right. That's what H said. Right. And it's like, if, if, if Stephanie loses to the baddest woman on the planet, well, big deal. She's old and washed up. But if but if Rhonda loses to an executive, right. the owner of the company, you know that, that. So unfortunately, we already know. I think I think we already know the outcome. I think it'll still be cool to see though. Well, f- sure. I'm I'm horny as hell to see it. <laughs> I can't fucking wait, man. And and, uh, I, I I can't wait. Uh, I, I've we've we've had great success with UFC hybrids or. Right. People right. who come from MMA backgrounds to come in, we've had really good success. We've talked about Ken Shamrock already. I mean, Brock, obviously. Um, a handful of others who have gone from the to WWE. Be fair, he was to be WWE first. Brock. Well, well, sure, yeah, yeah, right. But um, yeah, I, and then future endeavors. I think old Connie Mack probably has a future in it. I would like Chael Sonnen to come over. And he's tried to, but spit. they don't want to work with him. But you know, I'm I'm a big fan of Ronda. Always have been. So, and then probably the biggest one I think we know is going to happen, even though it's not been officially announced, is John Cena and the Undertaker. Dude, I think it's a little. I think it's a few years past due at this point. But who knows? Maybe Taker will come out and be in one of the best shapes he's ever been in. Yeah, I'm hoping that's what happens, based on. I, I don't know what he looks like. I mean, none of us do. I kind of like the way they've done this. I'm anxious to see how it's yeah. going to fold out come maybe a Sunday. None of us know what he looks like or anything, but I think Cena may have alluded to it a little bit when he was like, you're not washed up because if you were, you wouldn't be posting workout videos on your wife's Instagram and shit. Right. So, I don't know, man. That's a... That's the, a the, the thing with both, this... Both of them are... A, I mean, Undertaker far past his prime. Cena a touch past his prime. The thing with this, Will, I know you're not. Well, I was going to ask just on the Undertaker thing. I mean, it was big news last year. That was his last match. So how did? Well, how wasn't they, how, an official retirement. What, okay, never, it wasn't. Okay, no, he never made one. I guess that was my understanding at the they time. He left his boots in the middle of the ring, which is usually gloves. I'm sorry. Yeah. Right. Right. Usually, a okay. his hat, his yeah. jacket. I mean, yeah. all that stuff. The thing is, is like Cena has issued the challenge, mm-hmm. but Undertaker's not said not it. accepted it. Basically, he's not been on. Uh, okay. There's been no, nothing, nothing on. Okay. Cena just comes out. And says, Where are you? Where are you? And yeah. all this kind of stuff, and just agony him on. Cena's like his social media, his Instagram and stuff is fucking hilarious. The way he's agging on the Undertaker. <sighs> there's like you know, there's like stick figure memes, or it's like the guy. 
poking at something that says, please. Come on, do something. Says, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's one where it shows, it's a stick figure, it's got a Cena hat on, and it's poking like uh, something on the ground that's got Undertaker's face on it, it says, please do something. <laughs> well, that's, that's what the crowd started chanting a couple weeks ago was, do something, do something, or yeah, please do something, or something. It was right, right. something similar to that, but... Yeah. Just to see how that uh, yeah. same. I would imagine hashtag I mean, samesies. That's that would be like a, a huge moment, obviously. Yeah, so. yeah, for real. Again, I mean, I think it's a few years too like late, in my opinion. I, they should have done it. They should have done it a few years ago when Taker lost to Brock. Yeah, opinion. yeah. yeah. As as quit making well, movies. Well, here's 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 what I, I I I've thought about this over the past couple weeks because I've ferociously caught up on being behind because of March Madness and stuff. And I do it every year. It's it's not any news to anybody. I've thought about it here the last two weeks. If Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair decided that their old wrinkly asses were going to get in the ring and have a WrestleMania match, my ass is going to watch that match. So Cena yeah. at forty or forty two, whatever the fuck, forty one, I think he is, and Taker at fifty three, fifty four, whatever he is, I'm gonna watch that shit, right? And I'm gonna be jacked up to watch it. And I'm not, I'm not even joking, man. <clears throat> I was catching up here the last week on probably eight weeks of Raw and SmackDown and pay per views, and. Uh, I guess it was kind of it wasn't a promo really but it he was in, it was Cena he was in the ring and he said so I don't really have a I don't really have a road to WrestleMania so I guess I'm going to you know what screw it I'm going to do it even though they say I'm not supposed to I issue a challenge to The Undertaker and the crowd went, you know, yes, 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 mm-hmm. and got jacked up. And he started beating on his chest, and I started getting cold chills. Like, yeah! <laughs> you know, Cena and Taker, man. One of the he cut was a little cheesy for me. Because, uh, I mean, again, he's got nobody, you know, tossing back and forth with him. So it's, I get he's trying to ag him on and all that stuff. I'm, I'm just anxious to see what happens. Are we getting the dead man? Are we getting an American badass one last time? A lot of people are taking it as... That whole thing last year was that the dead man was gone. Yeah, uh, okay. I'm cool with that. And yeah, That'd so cool. we'll see. Yeah. Is, Fucking uh, Roland just starts. I, hey, Kid Rock's gonna be there this year. I, what if American know, Badass starts? I know. Playing? Be, I know. That would be amazing. K Kr's getting inducted into the Hall of Fame. Hire me, WWE. <laughs> he comes down with the with the fucking uh, motorcycle. Oh yeah. Is a. Uh, Daniel Bryan is he going to be? Oh yeah, that's I, I, you know I keep forgetting about that. He got he's, I heard he got medically cleared, he, which yep. is awesome because he was kind of like I mean he was like gaining massive momentum on top. Yeah, that's the that's, dude. That's, he got hurt. That's just been his unfortunate downfalls. Yeah. Every time he's gained momentum, something's cut him down. He was the dude for. I'm America. really really hoping that it's different this time. Oh, God, me too. That's um, exciting. It was it was funny. I That's mentioned my dude. It's so random, you know. Yes, like it's so yeah. cheesy, but it, was, it works. It was funny though. I, I mentioned to Ty. I was like, you know, the night that they uh, or the day they announced that he was allowed to man WWE wasted no time in testing his ass out. Oh yeah. I mean, he got this shit kicked out of him. He got fucking power bombed onto the ring apron. I mean, they wasted zero time nice. testing his. Uh, his conditioning. So is he scheduled you know. for a match? Or yep. Is, okay. Him and Shane McMahon are facing uh, Sami Zayn and uh, Kevin, uh, Kevin Owens. Okay. Yeah, which so. is fucking awesome. Yeah. Shano, for a little while, we didn't think Shano was going to make it. Right. 
to to WrestleMania. Not that he was going to perish. <laughs> <laughs> well, talk about a guy who's taken some massive bumps over the years. Right? Yeah, no doubt. No he doubt. was a pretty integral part in the Attitude Era as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell, his, his WrestleMania 17, his match with Vince, the street fight, that was <sighs> amazing. Yeah. What about what, that SummerSlam when he was climbing the the Tron and Blackman hit him with the kendo and he fell freaking oh, God, yeah. 50 feet from the... <laughs> like he, he's he's daredevil, man. Daredevil. Blackman. <laughs> the most boring generic guy ever. <laughs> Anyway, but hey, man, when he was hardcore champion, they, they, people loved him. But yep. uh, so that's you know that's our through the scope this week. Uh, um, Longest through the scope ever. Maybe, kind of. I don't know. I loved it. Uh, but you know, mania. I can't wait. It's it, it's going to be fun. Run through you guys' predictions just for shits and giggles. Uh, Ooh. I think easy one. If, if I had to like smart money, would be. Uh, Rousey. Mm-hmm. Oof, sure. Yeah, that um, one. That one's got to happen. I think Rowe takes the the belt from from Brock. I think the fans are getting a little uneasy about, uh, uh, yeah, Brock being a a non champion. But you know what though? They want every, they want everybody, don't matter who it is, to kick Roman's ass. I know. I know. I would just like to see a champion that's there every week and defends it. Sure. Every month. What's awesome about that's wrestling? That's part of his contract, right? Yeah, yeah. Just kind of pay per appearance almost, but right. you have select dates. But kind of what he said earlier is like Dana's been throwing a shitload of money at him too, and that the the heavyweight division over in the UFC garbage. is oh weak. Garbage so is garbage. not yeah. the word for it. Yeah, right. <laughs> so he can go over there and make a little bit of money, and then come back. I mean, realistically, Brock's got fifteen more years in the spotlight. He's not put his body through Anything. the things that some other people <laughs> have. Put. Yeah. So I mean, you know, he comes. I mean, he wrestled Goldberg for a grand total of seventeen seconds right. in the rivalry that they had. So yeah, yeah you know, Brock Brock's got realistically fifteen twenty more years that he can be on top if he wants to. So he's he's got a, a multitude of options on his plate, but I think Roe takes uh, it I'm from going him with Roman on that one. Yeah. Uh, Shane and DB against, uh, Zane and KO. Uh, I'm taking Dan and Brian. I mean. With, with Daniels. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But the, the thing. Are we going to disagree on any of them? But the, well, here, here, well, hold on. The thing with that match is if, you know, technically right now, you know, quote unquote KO and Zane are not under contract. And if they win, they're rehired. So if they lose, what happens then? Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I'm taking that one. Uh, I don't know. Cena and Taker. I wish they would push Zane back down to fucking NXT. Yeah, I don't like him. He's nah, cool. man. Trash. Cena and Taker. I'm taking Taker every time. Cena's been such a pushover here lately, it's really difficult to <clears throat> pick him, mm-hmm. oddly enough. But I don't know when he's going to get his 17th championship, but uh, it's going to be... Ever. It's going to be huge. They can't be tied. They can't. He Cena can't end his career tied. He can't, but that's another time. Um, and then Nakamura and Styles. I'm going to take Shinsuke. I, yeah. I, I mean, he won the Royal Rumble. You know, he's, right. got the, he's got the momentum. But, you know, I, 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 
I'm really getting disappointed with Styles losing his belts on the big shows. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, I want him to have his moment, but then again, you know, I don't know. Do they knock Shinsuke's momentum and all that kind of thing? I mean, yeah, I think they have to run with Shinsuke's momentum. Every What sucks about that match for the the crowd is that, I mean, you already said it about AJ, is that no one dislikes AJ. No one says he's overrated. And you don't hear anybody saying that about Shinsuke either. You know, they're both right there. I mean, <clears throat> if you had to split hairs, AJ has been in the game a little bit longer, so he probably deserves it a little bit better than, or a little bit more than Shinsuke. But I think they're going to, I think it'll end up rolling with Shinsuke to see what he can do as champion. And then yeah. at that point, they'll determine <clears throat> where he's going to stand with everything. But uh, yeah, that's. I think that's about it for Through the Scope. Uh, well, let's get you back in here and do the top five. blues jam here get us our top five to end the show uh we didn't you know we didn't uh, figure this out till right before we started recording this but uh i guess we're doing our top five favorite attitude era matches of all time yes yeah how we're doing this yep willie won't you go ahead and do yours since uh you were kind of out of the loop no, on the last sure. one um let's see oh actually that's kind of funny because a lot of the ones that the moments that we talked about are are also my top five matches. That's okay. But um, <laughs> let's see. So I have uh, Mankind versus the Undertaker, King of the Ring. Any particular order? Um, no particular order. Okay. No. no. Solido. Um, I have then the Bret Hart versus Michaels, um, Survivor Series, the Montreal Screw Job. Um, then I have The Rock versus Triple H in SummerSlam 98. I have the... <sighs> what a good match. Right? What a good match. It's like two young bucks fighting it out, right? Was that, know, for, the, was that for the Intercontinental? Yeah, it was. And it was uh, not too far past H's turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh. Then I have... The Michaels vs. Austin, WrestleMania 14. And then the, um, is it the, the, the TLP2 or TL, it's T, shit, <laughs> I forget. Anyway, the, the Hardys vs. Dudleys vs. Edge and Christian and WrestleMania 17. So those are my top. TLC2, TLC2, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Those are my top five. Muy excelente. Matches. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 
I had to throw in another one though, um, when Mick Foley beat The Rock, as well. So Daddy O did a, it. That's a bonus. Yeah, that was a that was a that was a big uh, night too. Just real quick to roll off that in the downfall of WCW because that episode, uh, when he first won that title, that was a recorded episode of Raw. That was not live. What? And you know about this. I know. I'm sorry. Because WCW had tried to spoil that. Uh, going back to their original style, they had Tony Schiavone had said on there, you know, we understand that Mick Foley is going to win the WWE Championship. That'll put some uh, butts in the seats. And uh, that was one of the biggest, uh, highest viewed Rawls in history because of that. And that, yeah. Well, that was kind of like, I mean, Mankind came in as the complete underdog. Like, The Rock was supposed to just walk away with it because he's on top of the world. You know, and The Rock's The Rock. Right, exactly. (laughs) The Rock's The Rock. That was such a good match. Yeah. That was a good list. thank you. True story about the era... uh, Circus 1998, my family decided to give me a haircut, and my father had given me haircuts before. <laughs> my, my father had given me haircuts before, and it wasn't, uh, no big deal, whatever, he had given me a fade plenty of times, and this was maybe weeks after Bischoff lost some sort of bet where he got his head shaved. That was not Attitude Era. I mean, it was... I know I was in the fourth grade when 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 my dad shaved my head bald. <laughs> Jeez. Whenever it happened, Bischoff got his head shaved and, and whoever shaved his head... Was it Virgil? Well, I know I ain't making this shit up. Bischoff <laughs> got his... You. You Bischoff <laughs> got his head shaved, and and whoever shaved his head went straight down the middle oh, yeah. with the first shave. So my dad, yeah. So my dad, when when he was like getting the trimmers out, <laughs> he got the shears out, and I said, "Do it just like Bischoff." And he went no guard straight down the middle of my head. Oof. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Because I had you know now not so much, but then I had a great head of hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when my dad. Decided that there was only one option, and it was to shave my entire head. And my mother saw it. (laughs) You know, she berated my father verbally, and my dad, uh, I remember it, plain as day, spent the night, the night, slept in their walk-in closet. (laughs) Jesus. He was so upset with himself, and she was so upset with him. Oh, man. All right. Moving on. Attitude era matches. <laughs> Moving on. Um, so, as you might be able to tell from our previous conversation on this episode, I might have my dates a little uh, misconstrued, but I'm going to roll with them. And please, Chanley, for those of you who don't know, Ryan, the host of the show, Walking Encyclopedia on Wrestling and Music. Um we know we know quite a bit about wrestling. We know quite a bit about music, but we don't know jack shit when it comes to Chanley. So, my man Rye, if I mention a match that is not in an Attitude Era, it's not going to bother me. I want you to tell me though. Okay. 
So I am going to go five to one, and my number five is going to be the Rock versus Mankind I Quit match. Okay, good. I'm getting <laughs> that was brutal. I'm getting reaff- reaffirmation that it was during the Attitude Era. So <laughs> it was brutal to say the least, my man. But yeah, because that was featured on that Beyond the Mat documentary. Uh, yeah, yep. That's one of the reasons it sticks out so well to me. Is that um, that that with uh, what we've already said, my dad. We use that to to kind of break it to me, break my heart, smash it. That wrestling was scripted and stuff. Yeah, it was it was brutal that mankind's children and his wife had to see him. Freaking like I, I was I was crying during all that. It was unbelievable, <laughs> man. The the twenty four chair shots or whatever the, the was the amount of skull that you can see. After that match is 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 unbelievable. Uh, moving on because I'm about to throw up is um, Benoit versus Jericho, the ladder match mm. for the IC title. Royal Rumble, yeah, that's my favorite Royal Rumble too. And that's uh, man, that match is amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Am I allowed to say Benoit's name? Are we? Balls. My name's not Vincent, <laughs> man. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so yeah, I love that. I love that match. I love Jericho and Benoit, man. Like. <laughs> the the fact that his nickname was the uh what, what, the Wolverine Wolverine sorry just talk regular yeah so you know I disliked that because I was a Buckeyes fan but he was so unbelievable man that yeah I love the he's, shit he's, out of him he was incredible yeah, yeah. Uh, so number three is uh, Austin versus Angle in SummerSlam '01. Well, uh, that was beyond our definition of the Attitude Era, but right. it, hell of a match. Yeah. And, I mean, it was right there, so I'd, I'd be okay with that. I mean, hell, that had the Milk of Mania moment on Raw. <laughs> I mean, if we had a Monday Night Raw segment. Right. I remember that shit. It was awesome. They just released it. They're they're going to release a uh, this new line of figures called Epic Moments, and it's they have one of that. Oh, yeah? and <laughs> With the milk stash? <laughs> well... <laughs> They have a hose that has the milk shooting out of it, and it could be very suggestive. Are you shitting me? No, I'm not. That's awesome. That's fantastic. If you buy one, buy two, because I want one. (laughs) But anyway. Anyway, moving on, number two, no surprise when these last two, Sean versus Taker in the Hell of a Cell. Mm. And number one... Steve versus Sean with uh, Tyson. Now that that's just my list, and it's I, I left two matches out because I knew that they would surface again, and we would talk about them. Mm-hmm. So, yep. I mean, three of mine have already been discussed. Uh, my number five: Bad Blood, Taker, HBK, First Hell in a Cell. Can't forget it. Won't ever forget it. Yep. Number four, King of the Ring, 98, Taker and Mankind, Hell in a Cell. I mean, maybe the defining moment of the Attitude Era, I don't know. Uh, number three, kind of a uh, under, an underrated Undertaker match. Uh, WrestleMania 17, even though WWE refuses to acknowledge it, the first time he <laughs> faced Triple H at WrestleMania. <laughs> They've technically wrestled at three WrestleManias as well. Uh, but this one, man, it was it was a semi-main right before Rock and uh, Austin. Hell of a match. 
I mean, that was a fantastic match. I mean, H was at the top of his game. It was right before he tore his quad the first time. <laughs> his game. And, uh, yeah, the game was on top of his game. Um, and, yeah, that, I mean, it ended up becoming like a, a street fight, basically, because the ref was down and all that kind of stuff. But it, it, was, it was a hell of a match. Uh, number two, I had maintained for the longest time that this was actually my favorite match of all time because it had my two favorite wrestlers of all time, Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Undertaker, SummerSlam 1998. And uh, it, it, even more special to me, too, because that match took place on my actual birthday, that pay-per-view was. And the, the only reason I had maintained that for the longest time is because I had not fully analyzed or realized the importance of my number one, which I've stated my favorite match of all time, my right. opinion, the most important match of all time, Austin Bret Hart, yeah. WrestleMania 13. And when I when I fully come to like really look at that match, watch it, pay attention to the story, the build up to it, the, I mean, everything about that match is just spot on perfect. The crowd, I mean, man, that's part of my favorite things with matches is is watching the crowd get into it, and they are from the from, from bell to bell that crowd is on the like just full go and uh so that's my top five pretty simple and uh again this was kind of off the cuff so nobody wouldn't really have any participation from anybody but that's fine so hopefully they listen to this episode and still like it Um, but i mean i mean we could go on for i'm sure there's so many more things that we could have talked about and i'll probably end up watching something tonight i'm like damn i forgot that i forgot that but Again, I'm sure we could probably come back to it again eventually. So that was a great list, guys. Uh, I'm a again, upset that no one mentioned the gobbledygooker. From the Attitude Era? <laughs> I mean, you're that's like 1990. <laughs> Will. <laughs> that's the first time I've ever heard the laughing farts. That was a machine gun fart, bro. <laughs> and it was in rhythm with your like laughing too. Oh, the laughing good. farts. Laugh Holy fart. fuck. Oh man. What a great on air moment. White Castle. Uh, thanks again, everybody. Hope you get to listen to our stupidity and like the ridiculousness. And it absolutely reeks in here now, so I'm going to hurry up and sign off so I can get my shit and go for a die. So thanks again, everybody, for tuning in and listening. We had fun doing these. We're so glad to be back. Yeah, we can't, yeah. we can't yeah, wait yeah. to get back and do more of these. We hope it sounds good. It sounds good to us anyway. Give so us some suggestions. Please, everybody. Let us know. Don't be afraid to tell us what you we think. We are for the people. So, again, thank you to everybody on Facebook. Everybody listens on SoundCloud. Uh, just check us out, man. Spread the word. Share the page. Like us, comments, all this kind of stuff. So thank you again, and we will see you next time on the Gone Shooting Podcast.